So God always deals with his people. How many know that? He deals with his people and he deals with churches about one thing, one thing only. Relationships. Now, don't be confused. Though he deals with you about relationships, God didn't save you so that you would have a good relationship. No, he, he, he's not Dr. Spock or that other guy, Phil, Dr. Phil. He's none of those guys. But he does understand, and you need to understand, that without good relationships, you make it more difficult to fulfill his purpose, which is to reach people. Because people uh, are, are the reason why ministry exists. Right? How many times have I said that? Ministry is, is easy if it wasn't for people. People make it difficult, right? Yeah. Okay, well, God bless all two of you. <laughs> all of us have, a, have experienced at one time or another a bad relationship, right? Or negative relationship, right? Every one of us, everyone. It could be at home. You might have a sibling rivalry. If you had a lot of kids, anybody have a sibling rivalry? And, you know, if you're a single child, then you are the rivalry. But that's another message. Um, at work. You know, you can have a bad relationship, a bad boss, or fellow employee that you don't like. But we, all these things happen. <clears throat> and here's the thing. <clears throat> In the world, you can get away with certain things. You know what I mean? That you really, you're really not supposed to do in church. Let me say it again. You're not supposed to. I'm not saying that you don't, because some of you still do. See, in the world, you can fight back. Right? You can get, get even. Payback. Right? You, ever, you know about payback, right? Payback. Or you can just ignore a person in the world. Just ignore them. Just, just ignore them, ignore them, ignore them. But in church, hello. In church, you can't get back at people. Right? You say, well, I love the Lord. Jesus knows my heart. No, no. If you're getting back at people, you're wicked. And you don't know the Lord. That's a difference. Now, you can think about getting back at them, and you, you can desire to get them back at them, but you can't act on it because God is controlling that. Right? Are you with me? Yes. And you can't just ignore them. God has a way of the one that you want to ignore. Like, I'll go to church, but I just ain't going to talk to sister and so-and-so. God has a way of putting sister so-and-so right next to you. You're going to say, Right? So, bottom line, as a Christian, we cannot let conflict go unresolved. Can't do it. Proverbs 14.30 reads like that. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. So you have those things in you, it, it, it'll rot your bones. But if you're able to just forgive and be at peace, then you have life. I heard, I heard a great statement. I was watching a program, and the guy said this, you know, because you got to make peace. And people couldn't understand, why were you making peace with that person? You know, I hate those people. I hate them. I hate them. And you know what he said? You only make peace with your enemies. You don't make peace with somebody you like. You like them. You love them. 
So he's saying, you're gonna, the implication is clear. If you're going to make peace, it means you're going to have enemies. Isn't that strange? Look around. Is your enemy sitting next to you? Somebody says, yeah, that's my husband. No, no, no. Well, you got to make peace. So you only make peace with your enemies. Now, prayerfully, as, as you begin to, that process of making peace, it gives room to where your enemy can soon become your ally. But you have to start somewhere. You can't just ignore them. You can't get back at them. You have to make peace. Hello. So your happiness, and this is the key, your happiness will be more greatly determined by your ability to relate with one another than any other single ingredient in your life. Not your money. Because your money, we know money can't buy you love, can't buy you happiness, can't even rent it for very long. The single most important ingredient to your happiness is your ability to relate with each other. So if you say, I, want to, I just want to be happy, well, then you got to learn how to get along. Can't, you know, you've got to be like Rodney King. Can't we just all get along? Amen. Some of you guys are too young for that one. Who's Rodney King? I'm getting old. <laughs> Uh, well, you're an old buzzer too. So anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Can't we all just get along? So the contentment you will find from life will always be your ability to relate to others in a positive way. And, and the best place to, to practice that and to learn how to do that is in a group of people. I've heard people say, well, I don't go to church because I don't want to, I, I don't want those people always give me a headache, blah, blah, blah. That person, you need to be in church because you will be the most miserable person if you don't learn how to get along. I tell people, well, I got to go. I don't like it. I don't like it. doesn't matter anywhere you go. This is the fact. You can go to the best church. And it doesn't matter where you're going. If you have an issue with people, not that anybody here is having an issue with people, but if you have an issue with people and you can go to the best church anywhere in the world, when you get there, you done messed it up. Because the problem is going to follow you. And until you realize that you are the problem. So for the mercy for these other churches, just stay here. Okay, man? <laughs> so there's a purpose uh, for, for relationships. See, God wants to change them. So first thing, he really concerned, he needs to prevent isolation. It's very dangerous when you're by your side. We need to have a relationship because isolation is not good for you. Being alone. Thinking, could you imagine? It's okay to, to, to talk to yourself, but when you start answering yourself, now you're in trouble. Hmm? And so to prevent that, you need people around you. Because really, if you have a good friend, it's your best friend will say, shut up, what are you talking about? But if you have no one to tell you that, you'll think you're right. You'll think what you, the way you are is the right way. And although it might, it, your thinking still needs to be tempered by people around you. Because you, you can be right and you, and you can be rude and obnoxious. You can have like the Trump syndrome. Right? He's a little rude sometimes. But, but still, if you're by yourself, nobody tells you you're right. But you, you're too brutal, dude. Nobody wants to hear how right you are. They can't get along with you, even though you're right. So o the only way you can learn to hone that is you have to be around people to say, hold up, man. Don't be so mean. Yeah, you're right. Say it like this. But people, relationships help you develop that. If you're alone, you'll just be who you are, and eventually no one will want to be around you. 
And you're right. You're right alone. Hello? See, when, when we have negative relationships, we tend to withdraw, right? I, I'm kind of, I've learned when I have a negative relationship with somebody, that's the first person I invite to dinner. Because I know he don't like me. And you know what? I don't like him either. But I got to make peace. I know the scripture. And if I know the scripture, it means I got to act on it. So, Ralph, I'm going to invite him to dinner, and no, although I want to pop him in the jaw, I won't. I'll, I'll, I'll buy him a steak, and we'll talk. Why? Because, it's, because I know what to do. I have to do it. Not, well, when they do it, I'll do it. That's the cop out of many. You, you, probably, you probably said that. Amen? No, no. You're, we have to make peace. Amen? Christianity is the intermingling. This is the miracle. Christianity is the intermingling of the holy of God and the unholy of people. That's what Christianity is. You get the holiness of God, pure, white as snow, intermingling with the rottenness and the dirt and the filth of men and women. That's what we call church. Ain't that a trip? Where are you going? I'm going to... Some more dirt balls. Me, dirt ball number one, and the other dirt ball. We're all going to church together because it's, we're, we're going to try to see if we can touch the holiness because of our filthiness. That's, that's church. So if people are filthy, can we agree on that without getting anybody mad at me? We have nature. We have that, you know, carnal nature. If that is true, then it stands to reason that people are going to have conflicts and difficulty with relationships. Right? If we all were just like angels, we'd be, we'd be in heaven right now. But we're not angels. Right? No. I put that cartoon up. You ever see that cartoon of the devil? It's a devil, demon, walking to heaven, and he told the, the angel that, that I self identify as an angel. I'm no longer a demon. I self identify as an angel. The, the angel said, Oh, no, this is heaven. We don't play like that up here. <laughs> That's a deep one right there. Let me go over. See, people need, are a needed ingredient. Now listen, let me sit back up. Does anybody want to grow in Christ? Okay. People are a needed ingredient to your growth. Without people, you can't grow. So you want to grow on no more, more of God, then you need, the more you want to grow, the more people you need in your life. Because when I say, I want to grow, I want to reach the world, you know what that means? I'm going to have to have more people in my life, not less people. Now, you say, well, I want to grow, but I don't want people. Then you don't want to grow. You want to stay a spiritual midget. Right? You're going to be like Tattoo. The plane, the plane. I'm a little tiny midget. But if you want to grow, then you have to have more people in your life. There is no other way. And there's the challenge. Because some people say, I, want, I just want peace. I don't, you know, and people just call, rub me the wrong way. I just want to be peace, be left alone. And, and you can make that choice. Nobody forces you. Anybody, everybody can make their own choice. But you will be alone, and you will never grow. It's impossible. See, spiritual growth. Now, this is, this is, now here's the irony of this. Listen to what I'm saying. Spiritual growth begins in isolation. In other words, you know, when you first get saved, it's just you. Nobody can understand you. It's you and God. You're alone, isolated, right? And then you, it starts, you meet God. 
It begins in isolation, but it never matures there. You begin your walk with Christ alone, but it always has to mature by the amount of people you have in your life. Very interesting principle I'm just giving you right here. Pafsuni, look at it, he, he reaches the world. But in his life, he has influenced thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people have intermingled. Have, he has developed a relationship with them. And because he understood how to develop a relationship with people, he affects the world. Now, you get to determine how much God you need. If all you need is, is God for you and you're chosen frozen, then you don't need very much God. Well, let me keep moving. A Christian maturity develops when one interacts with relation, and we need help, right? Adam needed a helper, so God gave him Eve. Remember, women, men need help. Right? That was your time to say, amen. Amen. Men need help. They need a helpmate. Okay, ladies, men need a helpmate, not a mommy. Now you didn't want to say amen. Huh? The men, you could have said, yeah, amen. <laughs> well, that's a different message. Christians need help. Jesus gave his body and sent the Holy Spirit because we needed help. That's why we all need help. We have to recognize that we need help. Spiritual insight is developed best in the company of, of two or more. If I'm looking at a situation, if I have, I have me by myself, I have a certain thought pattern and I can get some insight. But if I have somebody else from a different perspective, I get a deeper insight. Now, if I'm looking at a situation and I have all you looking at a situation, they were all looking at Jose. We're evaluating Jose. Well, I can evaluate Jose, but if we all evaluate Jose, then we can get a better understanding of who Jose is. Correct? And so that's life in general. Anything you're about. So the more good relationships you have will help you get a better understanding of life in general. Now, be careful. Like we talked the first time I, I spoke about, it's not just anybody is your buddy, your friend. Some of your friends are only your drinking partners. Not that anybody drinks here anymore. I'm looking at you. Some of your friends are just, well, are just your smoking buddy. I hope they're there when your lungs rotten and you're in the hospital and can't breathe no more. Especially when they find out what this marijuana does. Right now it's cool because everybody's coming a buzz and eating a Twinkie. Ten years from now, when your lungs don't operate, and they say, God, heal me. And he says, no, I tried to heal you when Pastor Al told you to stop. In, in 2016, and you didn't. Now this is what you get. Oh, man, good. let me get back over here. Insight, spiritual insight. What do you want to do? Right? See, every one of us has tried our best to do something right, correct? And had somebody totally misinterpret us. Has that ever happened? I mean, I'm only trying to do the right thing, and whatever happened, they just didn't understand you. And what happened? You got in a conflict. Now, here's the problem you're, you're trying to do the right thing. People misread you. You get in a conflict, and then you say, see, 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 I don't want to deal with people no more. That's why. I'm just trying to do the right thing, and all it does is bring me trouble. Wah, wah, wah. Huh? That's like complaining about the color of chocolate. 
Think about that one. Amen? That's why he says in Revelations 2.4, I had this complaint about you. You don't love me and each other as you did at first. Look how far, verse 5, you have fallen from your first love. Turn back to me again and work as you did at first. If you don't, check this out. I'm not saying it. If you don't, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. So the implication here is very clear. If you don't get your relationship right, if you're not careful and cherish the people that are next to you that are getting under your skin, God is not going to get rid of them. He's going to deal with your lampstand. Take the plank, the plankety plank plank right here. Take the plankety plank 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 out of your eye. Don't, don't be looking at other people. Look at yourself. Well, what I always said, if you have enough time to look at other people and see their faults, then you, don't, you do not spend enough time evaluating yourself. If you spend time evaluating you, everybody else will look better. Amen? Oh, I'm, I'm, this is good stuff right here. I'm, I'm getting fun. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching myself happy. <laughs> so he says, he gives a solution. Look, you want the solution? Turn back. Turn back. Come back to me. In other words, he's saying, repent. Work like you did at first. When you first got saved, when God first touched you. Don't, 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 don't get caught up in all this other mess. Don't get caught up in the, the bickering, the complaining, the backbiting, the sniveling, the crying. Hello, somebody. Work, work for the Lord like you did in the beginning. Love me. Don't focus on them. That's the solution. He shared with them that they could get to do, rather, he shared with them that what they could do to get that relationship back on track was to turn back to God. Yes, Repent. See, God, has a, he, I, sometimes I think he's a comedian. I do. Because God will reveal your weakness through other people. And it's, it's almost in, unstoppable. It almost happens every time. I, I watch people. And the, I see a person, and the, this person, I just can't stand them. I just can't stand her, whatever. And I watch the situation going on, and I go, you know why they can't? I'll tell my wife that or, or somebody who's next one. You know why they can't get along? Why? Because they're just like each other. They see themselves and don't like it. Oh, I don't like you. He goes, well, I don't like you, and I don't like you, and I don't like you. And they're looking at themselves. Stop turning around and just get a mirror. <laughs> And when the person that bugs you the most, really think about it. When the person that bugs you the most is you, you're looking at you. Why? Because it takes one to, oh, my, where do we get those things? Oh, he's no good, Pastor. He's this, he's that. Takes one to no one. Well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just really getting deeper here. Huh? Gosh darn So the thing that we really dislike in a person often is one of our personal weaknesses. Remember when Jacob deceived his brother Esau, right? And then he hated his uncle Laban. Why? Because Laban pulled an Esau, a Jacob on him. He, he reaped what he saw. Oh, yeah, Jacob thought he was bad. Laban was badder. Can you imagine that? He took the birthright and he thought, that was cold-blooded. Laban had the brother working for 14 years. 
Got the ugly daughter and the pretty one. Amen. <laughs> huh? Yep. So, so you got to understand, God will use these things, people to better you. Right? Jacob, the one who had been deceived by his brother, now is being deceived himself. God has a way of knowing what we need, the weaknesses in our own life, and he exposes them. And the only way God can really expose them, because you can't, like I'm going to preach right now, and God is dealing with you, but, and hopefully if you're wise, you'll learn from what I'm teaching you. But most people aren't that wise. They, they, they say, well, I need to learn the hard way. No, you don't, but if that's how you want it, that's on you, right? So they, they listen, they listen, but God knows that how we are, so he brings that, that special someone, you know, that, 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 that person, that one that you just want to stab. You know what I mean? That you're like, that one. But you can't stab them because you're in church now, right? But they're there. Why? Because God knows how you are, and he brings that special someone right next to you to say, how you like it, Jack? And then God loves you so much, he doesn't just bring one. It seems like everyone like him comes at the same time to you. That's how much God loves you. He just brings all of you to all of you. And they surround you with love. And then if you're wired, you're saying, God, help me, Lord. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I was a conniver and I lied and I manipulated. I'm sorry. God says, you bet you are. Because now I'm going to have every manipulator and liar and jiver come to your house. And then we say, that's why I don't like relationships, right? It only sounds real. That's why I don't like them. And so if either you choose to walk through it and learn and, and get better and let that pass you, or you choose to run away from it, but listen, it will always come. I don't care if you move to the moon. If there's Martians on Mars, they will get under your skin. Because God needs to change you. Hello. So, the first question I ask when you have a relationship problem, the first question you need to ask is not why, God, have you brought this person to me? God, why are, why, why did you let this person be born? Why? No, that's not the question. The question is, are you exposing a weakness in my life? That's the question. That person bugs you. God, why is he bugging me? Some, why is she bugging me? What are you exposing in my life? Now, if you do that, believe me, it'll pass quick. It will. It'll hurt, but it'll pass. But if you don't do this, no, 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 that person, that person, I'm going to prove it. Now, you get those dummy, real dumb people. I'm going to prove that they're wicked. I'm going to prove it. <laughs> and when, when they see that I am right, they will know that I know all. <laughs> that was dramatic. But people think like that. And I look at that and go, man, they, they know all but one thing. They're stupid. <laughs> Let me keep moving on. See, if you continually have relationship problems and you continue to run into conflict, you need to look for areas in your life that may be causing the problem. Quit blaming someone else. Because you can't, you got to care. You don't want to compare yourself to somebody else. Because, you know, and, and, and this is a natural tendency. We compare people to someone else. That's why, this is a, this is a, a leadership principle. 
Because people always compare themselves with someone else, and they never want to get next to anybody better than, than them. Why? I mean, you just don't. A leader, like A, B, C, D, like A, grade A. A's always hire B's. And B's always hire C's and D's. Why? Because an A doesn't want to compete with another A. You, are you with me? And that's how people are. People will hang with people that are just not at their level in their mind. So they'll always hang with people just a little bit right there. Because it makes them feel better about themselves. So here you are. You're, you're an A. Let's say you're an A. And you only want to hang around with a B. You're not going to hang around with an A. That's too much competition. You get a B. I'm, I feel better there. Well, that B feels the same way. That B will hang around with what? A C or a D. So then you always have one A, a B, and a bunch of C's and D's. That's how relationships are developed. And when you have little clicks, you'll see it. They call it pecking order. That's a natural thing. A, B, C, D. Well, God says, no. We don't play that. God says, we're all A's. And A's have to learn how to get along. That's why you have relationship conflicts. Because A's normally don't want to hang with each other. And when an A sees another A, they're not, oh, great, another A. They're my competition. That's why, ladies, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, when we have ladies here, when a new girl walks in the door, every chick in the house is going, <laughs> they do. I watch them. I go, man, these girls are too much. And not just this girl, it's all women. They're checking their dress out, the shoes out, and if they got a figure, ooh, oh, girl, you better, you better watch out. My man, you be shaking that thing around here. <laughs> and then you got all these issues like, oh, my goodness, the girl just wants to come to church and get to know Jesus. It's not her fault she's pretty. But that's what happens. Why? Because A's don't like A's. They like C's and D's so they can feel better about themselves. Just men do the same thing, rooster. I'm, I'm the rooster, man. It's like, wow, and I'm the pastor. I go, man, I got to deal with a bunch of roosters and, and gallinas, amen? And try to say, stop acting like that. Get together. Love each other. That's what he's talking about. I have this against you. You guys work hard, man. You don't like evil. You're doing all these things. But one thing I have against you, you don't love each other. You're competing. Instead of saying, man, we got an A, praise the Lord, man. We need more A's like that. We're wonderful. We're competing. Do we intentionally do it? No, it's not your fault. That is the way of the world. So like singing Earth, Wind, and Fire. That's the way. No, let me get back over here. For Second Corinthians, I'm, I'm coming in for landing, almost. You, you can't compare yourself to other people. Second Corinthians 10, don't worry. I wouldn't dare say that I'm as wonderful as these other men who tell you how important they are. See, Paul is being facetious to the Corinthian church. Only comparing themselves with each other and measuring themselves by themselves. What foolishness. So if we're going to measure ourselves and what we are, what we can or can't do, then we need to measure ourselves to the Lord. 
You start measuring other the competition, then you, that's when you get caught up in hanging around with somebody with a B or a C instead of an A. No, no, he's that, those Paul says, these guys are fools. You don't measure yourself against each other. If you're going to measure yourself, if you put yourself up against Christ, then you'll say, man, I need help. Forget all the mess. I, I, I keep looking at Jesus and looking at me. I'm all messed up, like I said. Then when you, you'll spend time here, and you won't worry about nobody else. Why? Because you're measuring yourself against Christ. That's the true measure. You can't compare yourself. Compare yourself with others is not healthy. We're made different. We have different personalities. We need to thank God for who we are. We need everybody. I don't see the world through Corey's eyes or through a woman's eyes. I don't, I don't look at the world, you know? I don't. But, but, but I just look at the way I look at it. And if I don't have input from another guy, some women, tell me this, I'll, I'll just look at mine. But by having these different influences, I said, oh, wow, that's a trip. I would have never thought of that. I don't know how many thousands of times I've said that. I would never see that. How do you look at that? That's crazy. To me, it is because I, would, I don't think that way. But rather than rejecting that and say, well, that's crazy, I'm going to listen. I go, no, wait a minute. There's some validity there. That can help me look at things. So you're perfect just the way you are. When God touched you, now he wants to make you better. And how does he make you better? goes back to the beginning. He needs to bring people around you. See, three types of people uh, um, that might have a tendency to compare themselves with others. There's three types of people, mainly. Teenagers, they always do that, right? Teenagers, peer pressure. You heard of peer pressure. They're always comparing. They got to wear the same clothes and the same style. They think they're original, and every other teenager looks just like them. That's, that's, that's peer pressure, right? Another group, sorry, ladies. Women always compare themselves. I, I talked a little bit about that. Sorry. And... Another group, highly competitive people. They're always comparing. And there's nothing wrong with being competitive, but you have to, again, measure yourself in what God has for you, not against others. Hmm? So comparing yourself with others is not unhealthy. We're made different. We have different personalities, but we have to thank God for who you are. We have to thank God for who your neighbor is. Just the way they are. Thank you, God. This is the neighbor that I need. Thank you for bringing different people. That's why I love diversity of a church where you have black, white, Hispanic, jalapeno, all of them. We're all in here. Why? Because we all think different. We think different and we have different foods. Amen? We do, right? I think I thank God for, for greens. Hallelujah. With bacon. and I mean, that's not, But that's not a Mexican thing. I didn't try that until I went to the South. I ate that thing. I go, man, I was mad at my mom. She never cooked this. What the heck is this? Let me get back. Diversity. Great. Amen? You can't let, you can't let these things get in your way. Bitterness, other things. You got to get that bitterness out of you. Confess it to Christ. Ask God to help you. Move on. Forgive everyone who's offended you. And don't be quickly to, uh, to anger. These things are going to happen. You have to repay, oh, I'll end with this, because this is going to be a good one. You have to repay your offenders. Now, I'm going to ask, participation right here, I'm going to close. Has anybody been offended by somebody? Raise your hand. Okay. We're all, we're not, nobody's sinning, nobody's lying, nobody's been offended. Come on, okay. 
Repay your offenders with kindness. That's how you win. Kindness. Don't be brutal, mean, and, and get back and be kind. Huh? Be kind. I tell, did I tell you that story about the, about the guy in line for, at the Atlanta airport? He was in, 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 in standing line at the Atlanta airport waiting to have his baggage checked. Atlanta. Well, he noticed that some people ahead of them gave the sky cap a dollar or two as they asked to handle the bags. He gave to make sure they went to the right plane. But the man standing just in front of the person watching all this took a different approach. He didn't offer a tip, but he sternly lectured the sky cap about taking special care of his two bags. He swore both loudly when one of his bags tipped over accidentally and he angrily he got on this guy and said, what are you doing? Be careful with my bags. He was just yelling at this guy. As he stepped back, we, you know, we, he left and took, we went to take the turn to their sky cap, the guy to check in his bags. And the guy was happy. And, and it was amazing. I go, how is this guy still happy? This guy the, was just so rude to him and he's just smiling, right? And we asked him, how are you able to keep smiling when this guy was so difficult? There's so many people, so difficult to serve. The sky cap goes, well, what do you mean? Well, that fellow who just swore at you, and you just smiled and just, just like nothing happened. And the guy goes, oh, that dude? Oh, people like him are easy. You see, he's heading for L.A., but his bags are heading for Detroit. <laughs> see, some of us want to repay evil with evil. So we have to repay it with kindness. Amen. Amen? And that's a difficult task. Listen, it's very difficult. I've been done dirty. And people are me. I've been done dirty. Dirty. And, 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 and I've seen them come and walk in. I go, oh, here he is. And, when I, and I, in my mind, I, thought, I just want to split. And I don't want to do this guy. But I can, God said, no. Go talk to him. All right. I go talk to him. And I go, hey. And I, and I shake their hand. And I hug him. And people who know they were with me, they're here in the church, see me do it. They go, how do you do it? I go, I have no choice. The Bible says that I have to do it. It doesn't say I have to like it. It doesn't say I read it. I'm looking for it. Do I have to like it? It doesn't say that. It doesn't say anything about how I feel, whether I like it or not. It says, do this. So I have to do this. And once I do that, the people that offended me get all tripped out. Why? Because I'm not going to let them rent space in my brain. See, some of you allow that happen. When you, when you allow people to get into your skin and you think about them, not only have they gotten in your skin the first time, you allow them to rent space in your brain the second, the third, the fourth, and the fifth time. You've allowed them to move in. I refuse to let anybody move in. So I, re, I repay them with Kindness. Let me close. Relationships are cured if one person steps out and takes a risk. Real simple. To each other, us, here we are. Why don't we say every now and then to each other, you're special. You're important. You may not like them personally. They may have gotten your skin. But you know, they're important. Why don't, you, why don't you say, you know, I love you. I, I'm glad you're here in this church. Yeah. I need you here. 
And you could be honest, because you, you got me mad. But you know what? You helped me get better. So I appreciate you. Man, could you imagine what would happen if we begin to tell each other, hey, I, I care about you, I love you, I thank you. Even though we, we disagreed, I needed that. And irrespective of what they say, this is for, for your good. You gotta take a risk. See, one reason people don't like doing that is it will make you vulnerable. They'll say, man, what if, what if they don't accept it? Well, that's on them. It's not on you. But it does make you feel vulnerable. Man, I'm going to feel like a dummy, man, if they don't respond. But at least you'll be right with God. I'd rather be right with God and feel like a dummy huh, than be wrong with God and be a dummy. Hmm? We don't like to be wrong, but it happens, right? And like if you're growing in my neighborhood and the way I was growing up, we, don't, we didn't come from an, an affirming background. You know what I mean? Some cultures are very affirming. They hug, you know, and they, they, they share their emotions. Like when I came to Colorado Springs, it tripped me out, man, because uh, everybody was hugging. We were like, whoa, everybody's hugging me. Because well, it, it was real affectionate. Like, and, and, you know, I, can, I was telling my, my wife the other day, you know, I don't remember one time my dad saying, I love you. But that doesn't take away from the fact that I know he loved me. But our culture, my culture, doesn't do that. I, I want to, <laughs> I'm, we're, well, I'm, I'm serving the Lord, and I went up to my dad, and I go, Dad, I love you. You know, and I went to hug him. You know what he says? Me too. That's it. He, he, it wasn't part of his vocabulary. He didn't know how to say, I love you. So do I get mad or say, well, that's why I'm all messed up? No, I just I got to correct myself. So I, I do that with my kids because I know how difficult it is. So my dad never said it. Uh, dad, I love you. He goes, me too. I walk away. I cracked up laughing. I go, my dad's a trip. But I know he loved me. But it, it put some hang-ups on me. So I had to work my way. That's why I wasn't very affectionate. My poor wife had to deal with me because I was not an affectionate guy. She wanted, you know, I wasn't. You know, I was the kind of guy, I'm going to tell myself again, ladies, don't look at me any different. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not horrible. But I wouldn't let her hold my hand. We're in public. You don't hold my hand in public. You're crazy. People might see you touching my hand. You can't touch my hand in public. Public. Right, Deborah? I just, I wasn't like that. You want to hug me? Don't be hugging me. No, no, no. That's that's you know, that's private. Don't be hugging me. Hugging me, hugging me. What's wrong with you? Hug me, right? And but that that was my culture, my culture. So I, I had to fight through that. I had to get past that. But if I would have isolated myself, and I would still be like that today. Now it doesn't bother me. Right now I can run up to my wife right now and give her a big kiss, and she get all embarrassed, and I just have fun. Yeah. <laughs> my sons are Frank's. I'll kiss my I'll kiss my wife in front of Frank. He goes, "Stop that! Don't be doing that in front of me." <laughs> Amen. But you have to push through it. You can't let that define who you are. And when God brings somebody around you to, to rub you the wrong way, it's probably for your benefit to make you a better person. Isn't that what families are for? Huh? Ever get mad at your family, your brother, your sister? Right? Yeah, you do. So I pray that this, as we continue this series, 
that we become better family members, that we would tolerate each other's um, deficiencies, if you will, hangups, difference of opinion, right? We could have a difference of opinion and still like each other, right? And that, that's what families are for, to keep us in check, to keep us growing the right way, to keep our minds straight. So I pray, praise God for, for this family, for my family. I want every bow, never had closed.